Welcome to the Tamarind Learning Podcast, where host Dr. Kirby Ross Plock speaks with experts on many topics relevant in the ultra high net worth family wealth management space. Kirby is author of several books, including The Complete Family Office Handbook, and shares her expertise consulting with families and family offices. Kirby is also the founder of Tamarind Learning, an online wealth education platform that develops practical, foundational learning programs for beneficiaries to help them prepare for responsible stewardship of wealth. Welcome to the Tamarind Learning Podcast. My name is Dr. Kirby Rossbach, and today we are talking divorce. But we've got a champion expert with us, Olivia Summerhill. Olivia has been studying and working with men and women as it relates to divorce and helping them succeed as they go through the, the complicated and sometimes technical process of figuring out how to operate as they're going through this stressful time. Now, Olivia has a lot of experience. She grew up in a family that had to go through divorce and she's also studied and has her series six, 63, 65, 99, all these wonderful investment licenses, insurance licenses. She has a background in financial planning, chartered retirement plan specialist, behavioral financial advisor. I just learned a new thing. The um, money coach, so a chartered money coach. So she has lots and lots of knowledge and certifications and experience working directly with um, women on as it relates to their divorcing. And so tell me more, Olivia, how, how did you find this passion and what is it exactly that you get to do with uh, women? So in a family, when you are around them and they're in the midst of a divorce, the emotions are so high and everyone in that family is going to be affected in a negative way if the right team isn't brought into place or if neither of the parents are addressing their emotions. So I got into this because I've seen what happens when families don't address the financial agonies and the, the emotions of what happens with the finances and divorce. I come from an ultra high net worth family that went through divorce and did not bring in the right people and did not talk about the finances and just let their emotions get the best of both of them. So the male and female, my mother and father, and the children were affected negatively. That includes me. So I got into finance uh, very, very young so that I would always know what to do with the financial situation in my life and be very independent and and help clients as well in wealth management and private banking. And I got as much education and experience as I possibly could. And then I decided, oh my goodness, I need to do the work on myself on how childhood actually affected me financially and emotionally. And that divorce that I went through with my parents affected me in a negative way that I needed to address. So after addressing that on my own terms, I decided to start my own firm specifically to help families understand the finances throughout the divorce process, lower those emotions, do the money coaching. I'm a divorce financial analyst as well. So I understand helping women specifically get the options in divorce so that year after year, once they're divorced, that family, they can actually go on family vacations and they're not fighting about the, the random school 
play equipment for sports that the children needs to go through and what needs to be purchased and who's going to pay for it because they're both at this ease and they both understand the finances. So I, I know that's a long-winded answer, but I help uh, women and the family specifically collaborate together during the divorce process with the finances and affluent families so that they can move forward in a happy way. <laughs> in a happy way, which is ultimately what everybody is seeking, right? Is just finding mm -hmm. some peace and salvation mm -hmm. and moving on. Cause you know, nobody gets married to get divorced. And no. I'm sure, I'm sure at the end of the day, your biggest job is just helping families feel whole, even if mm -hmm. they're going on with their separate lives. Um, tell me more about sort of the financial side of what you see happening in divorce and, and is it the same for men and women or is it sort of different do you see so i see it completely different because typically the men that are getting into the divorce like the part of the world that we're they're moving into or getting into the divorce realm they have been the ceo at a bank or they have been the um, family business owner for 20 years and so they're more financially savvy than the female in the relationship. And that could be a bias that changes over time. But for right now, that is absolutely what I see. And it's a bias underneath as well that the female in the relationship typically was staying at home 15 years or so, 15, 20 years, watching the children and really educating them and being that completely absolute advocate for the family dynamic mm. and she usually is blindsided by the finances all of a sudden wanting this divorce not sure where the accounts are so that's where I come into play is helping both of the couple where I'm really helping her but in a way it's both of the couples because when she understands what's happening in the divorce with the finances again that fear and all that despair and that guilt and helplessness and feeling like maybe she didn't exist in the relationship and, and now she's all of a sudden being kicked out or that out of control feeling, the anxiousness feeling, all of the embarrassment against herself of feeling, oh my gosh, I never knew the finances. I'm so embarrassed. This is my fault. No, it is nothing that needs to be in the divorce realm if we can avoid it. Or mm. when I come into play, helping her understand um, her new identity and her new values and that really the emotional aspect, if we can really help through that and go through your money behaviors and patterns, she benefits and understands where she's at in the divorce and the financial aspect and her options. And mm -hmm. then that, that male figure, the one that's been running the business, that's been dominating the finances, who's been really helping the family, right? He's been the mm -hmm. one who's been providing in a different way. She's provided in so many ways and so has he he benefits as well, and then they can coexist, hopefully post-divorce, and that's what I do see. So I say hopefully, but the women I work with, they're going on vacation with their exes and their children, wow. and it's just a beautiful thing, beautiful that's to see. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. I mean, mm -hmm. I I admit, I, I don't see that as frequently, but I mm -hmm. love that notion that, you know, there's such harmony and there is such mm -hmm understanding of we are mutually working together really for the benefit mm -hmm. of our children. And I can imagine that plays out more with younger families, right? With younger children versus potentially older um, children. I know I see a lot of families who wait, right? They wait to yes. the bomb about divorce until, you know, the kids are 
mostly are completely out of the nest. How do you think that influences sort of the divorce dynamic and, and the work that you do? So I see both, but if there's the family that's been waiting, I see that it then takes even longer once mm -hmm. the children are right out of the house and then they decide to, to hire that divorce attorney or mediator or collaborative mm -hmm. team or litigating team. We could talk about what the differences are and where people could go and turn to in the divorce realm to start the process and what's best for certain families. But let's just say they choose a, a mediator um, post the children leaving the house and going to college, that they're ready, they've wanted this divorce for years. I've seen it take actually longer because mm. they're comfortable, both parties, and at some point they're paralyzed to move forward mm. because they're comfortable in what's been happening. They don't really understand what should they be doing next and is this best for both parties. So it can take longer. Of course, there's a flip side where I've seen not as much, but that okay, we've been wanting to do this for so many years, let's get this done really quickly and let's be amicable and just get through the process. What do we need to do? We're on top of things, we're productive and we're gonna get this done fast. Um, it just, it depends on the couple, but the process yeah. can, can sometimes take longer because then you're also keeping in mind the children are, even though they're out of the house, they're still on your mind. They don't just all of a sudden poof, disappear. You can now live your own life you still have your children that are going to be affected and you still need to bring them into the conversation. So sometimes it paralyzes the couple on what to do or it prolongs it because they're still comfortable. They've maybe been living separate lives for so many years. Why even have him move out if they've been able to do this for so long? Yeah. I also think children sense, you know, earlier than yes. parents want to acknowledge that something's amiss. And so staying together, even though there's a really toxic relationship, mm -hmm. sometimes I think can be harder as they become adults because then they, mm -hmm. they, A, they don't have a good model of what marriage really means. B, they feel like cheated that, wait, mom and dad, you hate each other. Why, mm -hmm. why did you stay together and live this lie? Now my childhood was a lie. Like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. So I think, I think it can also really um, impact and, and you obviously have your own personal experience of living this so mm -hmm. it's it's super difficult um there's not a, ever a good time but i agree with you that perhaps mm -hmm. being courageous enough to address it and you know really taking the steps and i i mean tell me more about where you see the gaps of knowledge or the the things that women tell you god i wish i knew this before i started this process how are you helping um close the gap I think the, the most powerful thing is understanding that they can trust their gut mm -hmm. and they can understand what they actually want out of life for themselves. And I, I'm, if someone's watching this, you can see my hand motions, but if you're just listening to this audible today, you won't see that I'm pointing at myself and my heart and my existence. So when you actually can understand that you have an own identity as a person, and it's not just what you've been doing the last 10, 15, 20 years, that really understanding what you want out of life, who you are as a person, your values, and getting to understand yourself and where you wanna be and having those options. I say the word options so many times because that gives women and men and children, mm -hmm. everyone wants options. So that gives you the control. 
So if you can understand yourself a little better during the divorce process and maybe not even go the divorce route, I have absolutely told people that I've been working with that you don't need to, at this point, it's your decision. I always leave it in their hands, but you, you may just work best if I refer you out to a marriage counselor and that's what I'll mm. do. So sometimes there's not even a divorce that needs to happen. It's just getting to know who you are as a person, getting the options, feeling in control, and then letting your emotions guide you to that next long-term plan, which might be, again, getting a different resource involved, having a really fun trip with as a couple and understanding each other and communicating different. I'll say financial aspects for Americans, 97% of us have money anxiety. So if you can imagine that's amplified, if one party is thinking of divorce, divorce and finance is not fun topics for most people, right? So if I can come in or if another professional can come in, like a therapist or some a beautiful attorney giving the right advice, you can lower the emotions and have conversations as a couple. And again, maybe not even go down the divorce path or you go down the divorce path, but you stay friends. And you guys can have this amicable relationship and not feel belittled, battered, um, small, smothered, stupid, unprotected, unloved, all of these emotions and thoughts um, that sometimes can be amplified and last for 30 more years post-divorce, feeling hurt, ignorant, incompetent, all of the stuff I hear. And if we can change the dynamic and have someone be in more control of themselves and understand to trust their own gut. They can move forward in a happier way, married or not. Yeah. Let's shift gears a little bit here and talk mm -hmm. about financial agreements like prenups and postnups mm -hmm. because, mm -hmm. wow, it's so interesting when mm -hmm. families might have rules about this is what we do, this is our culture, this is our value, and everyone should have a prenup. Or, um, you know, families say, hey, you didn't do this. However, now we want you to, or maybe um, mm -hmm. one party becomes more endowed during a marriage and, and a postnup makes sense. Talk us through how that can trigger anxiety, stress, um, and what you might help with a couple who's facing those types of agreements. Okay, great question. So a prenup and a postnup, I'm very much a big believer in because it forces that financial conversation. And I am not a lawyer, so I'm not gonna give any advice here and you wanna make sure you go to the right attorney. I have a beautiful array of, vast array of um, resources. So if anyone does have questions on who to go to, just reach out to me. I could give great advice on who's the best person for personality fits to have these agreements made or have a conversation around them. But I do believe that having these conversations in divorce or uh, before divorce or before marriage or during marriage, all of these financial conversations are imperative. And mm. if you can do it before you even get married. And like you were saying, some families and cultures are very much adamant. You need to get this. This is going to protect you. Some absolutely not a thing because there's shame around it. Don't get a prenup shows that he doesn't love you or she absolutely is gonna not wanna give you something during this process or it's gonna assume that you're gonna get divorced. All of these emotions again come around these agreements. But again, I think it's so important to have the conversations 
even though it's scary, because it shows where you both stand financially. And typically what I see is 30 years ago, they didn't have wealth, they didn't have a prenup, it wasn't a conversation. Now they're both $450 million in or $500 million in into the relationship. They have these businesses that just went public, whatever the case may be, they have wealth. And so as you're talking about having a post-nup is important or to having these conversations in general, just talking to the right attorney. And, and those conversations are very tough, but very good to, to have. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I know um, a lot of families think that the, you know, less endowed spouse might be disadvantaged, right? Um, in this process. And, and actually that can not be the case where you can actually be much more protected by having some of these agreements. Um, and, and again, that's a myth that I see quite frequently that I, I love for your thoughts about. Yes, if you are the, let's say the less endowed spouse or the one who hasn't been making the income each year and you are a little worried about, um, let's say getting married and having that prenup, it is, I think in, at least in the American culture, it is that, that stigma against the prenup for the less endowed spouse, but it can actually benefit you. Because again, you're having the conversations about money and what's going on. And so you both are being so open and it might bring up a lot. So it's opening Pandora's box, but wouldn't you rather have that conversation before you get married and understand each other on a deeper level than keeping it hush hush, don't have the conversation, and then potentially not being protected as the less endowed spouse, the one coming into the marriage potentially with not the big inheritance or not the assets under um, some kind of realm in the family that you came from. It's, it's a very positive thing in my mind again. Yeah, well, I, we were speaking earlier that I have lived the experience of going through a post-nup and uh, for those who aren't familiar, that's when you actually sort of monetize your marriage after you've been married so long and you're coming up with an agreement of how you will hopefully part amicably so that the divorce proceedings would be very um, clear and easy and simplified. And um, I know my husband and I found that process probably the most stressful, anxiety-ridden, and you know, just a horrible experience to feel like you're monetizing your children, not just your assets, not just your home, not just your liquid wealth if you have that, um, but actually like really monetizing, well, what should you get or what should I get? And I, I really have to put a plug out there that if you are one of those families or you feel so inclined to do a prenup, please do a prenup over a postnup because postnups are miserable. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's better than getting divorced. It's well, better it than getting divorced. It's absolutely, that is true. And I tell, tell you, we, we ultimately decided that we needed, my husband and I needed to work out these terms, yeah. not use our attorneys. I think we saved a lot of attorney dollars by not having, you know, sort of different attorneys duke this out. And um, ultimately we fired one of our attorneys and said, we, had, we don't need to, we, we're, we're making this decision as, you know, adults and husband and wife. And, um, it turned out to be really good for us because it did align us. It was a painful process, but it really did us get us on the same page and get us very clear on how we sort of viewed 
um, legacy assets that I inherited, wealth that we created during the term of the marriage, wealth that came in during our marriage. So I really feel that um, had we had someone like you, Olivia, to help us, it probably would have been even better. Um, but, you know, I do think families and, and couples can work these kinds of issues out, um, you know, especially if they have the right intentions and the right goals in mind. I will say getting the right attorney, and that's, again, why I say if someone needs assistance on who to turn to, a lot of people come to me. Just I don't work with most people because I actually I only work with three to five people at a time. I'm very okay. specific on what I do. My niche is very in tune. So I usually turn people away in a good way and say, mm -hmm. you need this resource. This is where I'm going to send you. This is what you need to do next. And so mm -hmm. when I say that, you really have to find those right attorneys or else when people come to me, I, I do help them in the process of this is not the right person for you. You should be firing them. Again, they're in control. They're in the driver's seat. I'm in the passenger seat as the client. And then I'm the professional. So they make the final decision, but sometimes that has to happen because if you don't have the right divorce attorneys doing that post-snap or helping you through the divorce process in general, it can make things much worse. So there's different types of divorces, and I always recommend if you can go and get the right professionals or start the process in the right place, that will help you. So I'm really glad to hear your story, and thank you for sharing with us because that's very helpful to hear that you took control, so. <laughs> well, it was scary. And, you know, I have to say, um, I so love that you bring up about the role of the attorneys in this whole process, because there are sort of personas um, of sort of different legal counsel. And some will be like the junkyard dog who will just sick and be a pit bull and be just, you know, intense. There's also, attorneys that I've worked with that are very process oriented and very practical and they want to neutralize conflict. So escalate conflict, neutralize conflict. And I think you have to really know what kind of person you're hiring in advance. So, I mean, again, back to agreements and legal terms, um, I'm sure you provide a lot of value just helping your clients understand who they've hired or who they're considering hiring and what they want the experience right of that mm -hmm. prenup postnup mm -hmm. or divorce process to look like how do people find you olivia i am word of mouth so it's, 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 i don't i don't have the social media stuff going on i don't that's just not my my brand um so people can find me at my website the summerhill firm um and i do have a podcast but it's very specific on giving educational conversations with other divorce professionals worldwide so it's very tailored to my clientele. It's divorced for wealthy women. You can find it on any any Apple, Google, Spotify, um, any platform. But again, it's very tailored. So not everyone's going to listen to that. Actually, barely anyone's going to listen to it unless they're a divorce professional or if they are about to go through divorce. So it's very uh, beneficial for those who need it. But not everyone today is going to be wanting to go to my podcast. <laughs> Hey, well, it's out there as a resource and, mm -hmm. you know, with, I don't know if the statistic is still out there that about 50% of marriages end in divorce, you know, you have, is it, is it better? Is it worse? What is it now? 
Oh, we could uh, talk about what I just talked to a reporter about. Um, it is a little higher. And then second marriages, it actually goes to 65%. And if you're in a third marriage, 72 to 73% and then divorce. So it's, it's, yeah, if I could be out of a job, that'd be phenomenal. If I didn't have to work in the divorce field, I would love to do something different in the charitable planning or something else in investment management like I used to. But right now, there's a need for this. So as long as we still have divorces, let's make it more amicable, less emotional and get through it. And so that families aren't affected like mine was. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being our guest today on the Tamron Learning Podcast. I feel like you've shed so much great insight, experience and wisdom. Maybe you want to leave us with a couple, one or two sort of takeaways or things that people could get actionable on if they're faced with prenups, postnups, or possibly divorce. I think that the best thing that you can do if you want some actionable items is to understand where you are as a person, maybe get a therapist and understand what you're going through um, or get the right team members involved. So that may be a therapist, that may be someone in the financial realm to understand it, attorneys, Bring in the professionals wherever you're at in the divorce process or pre-planning, or maybe you're not going to get divorced and then know yourself and know your values so that you can really move forward in life wherever you may be going. That's great closing thoughts for this podcast. So appreciative to have you here today. Great insights and wisdom from Olivia Summerhill. Again, check out her website, www.oliviasummerhillfirm.com. And thanks so much for joining us on today's Tamara Learning Podcast, signing out. Thanks for having me. 